Life's Learning Curve, episode 75. Well, hi again, everybody. This is Life's Learning Curve, and I'm documentary producer, marketer, educational tech guy, Paul Hart. <laughs> what is Life's Learning Curve? Well, we use stories, life stories, to Storytelling. retell true life stories of our own. The best possible. And these are the components of our journey through life, you know? We underscore just how we got to be the person that we are now, the current version of us. And we're constantly learning and striving to improve ourselves, right? Right. On today's episode, I want to share a time in my life when I was, well, I was forced to try something that I despised. I was out of the country, I was out of the USA, and the locals there were persistent with me about that. Well, hold on. Let's uh, get this going. Let's find out. Sebastian. Here we go. Life's Learning Curve. I'm Paul Hart. Episode, Life's Fish Cocktail Challenges. <laughs> Stand by. First night in a new country, Costa Rica, and after a day of flying a quarter of the way around the globe, we had landed at the San Jose airport just hours earlier. Hola, mi amigo. Hola. 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 But now... It was later in the day. It was around 7 p.m. in the evening. And we sat there, smoldering, in this tropical and humid 87 degrees. We were inside a Chinese restaurant in that small Central American country. We, meaning my college roommate Reed and I, we were both around age probably 21 or 22, something like that. And then we sat there in the tropics, sweating heavily. Hot. Muy caliente, Paul. Eh? With our host family, a middle-aged couple, Mario and Anna, and their two children, under five years old at the time, both of them. Here I need to introduce you to, or maybe reintroduce you to, because I've talked about this man before, Mario. He was the head of the household at which we would be staying, and he was a high-placed executive in a mechanical plant in Costa Rica, and since he had to travel on occasion to the States, he knew some English already, but wasn't great at it. He really wanted to move things to the next level by speaking English. So he had just, or was in the process of just finishing taking this American, it was called American slang or humor or casual conversation class. I would have loved to have sat through that class and listened to it. Anyway, so often Mario might, uh, he might miss say something like to us, Paul, read. After we get to our house, I drink rum. Plenty rum. Rum makes me, uh, stupido. Uh, you get stupido too. Huh? Let's face it. We, Reed and I were silly, immature college guys. We weren't silly all the time, but, you know, this just cracked us up. And we laughed at Mario's attempts at humor, like seven-year-olds. It, he was really good-natured about it. For another more diverse Costa Rican adventure for Reed and I, go back in the series to the episode. Give a listen to one called A Town With No Name. It was, incidentally, it was one of our most listened to episodes of all time here at Life's Learning Curve. Anyway, back at the Chinese restaurant that evening with us, Costa Ricans of all ages seemed to have assembled to see the Americans. Nice. Mario's family was there and all of his extensions. Adults, uncles, Grandma, family, friends, 
and the oldest and the most respected member, the patriarch of the family, the abuelo, the oldest surviving grandfather, was in attendance as well. Ese soy yo. He was a respected, quiet, and serious man. He had a wrinkled and yet very solemn face, and he carried the wisdom of a lifetime. Soy el líder de esta familia. I am the leader of this family. The Chinese restaurant itself had its own personality. The dining room was lit with one bright overhead light bulb, and although it was swept clean on a daily basis, it just carried this very strong spoiled fish smell. All of these Costa Ricans had assembled, as I said, to meet us and probably vet the two gringos from America. And there we sat, Reed and me, right there, at the end of the long table, in which were really four tables put together to make one super long table. <laughs> Reed, who the woman felt looked like a movie star, and I sat there in our new roles as American guests grinning nervously about navigating the language, the customs, the family, personalities, and just how to choose very unfamiliar Chinese foods when you're in a Hispanic country. So here's a little background here. It's 1980. This is the story I'm telling here. It's in 1980. I'm in my senior year of college, and I chose to participate in a six-month internship outside the United States in a country called Costa Rica. Now, Costa Rica was yet pretty much undiscovered as a tourist destination. It was this hidden gem in the world, tropical, lush, and it sported a quasi-democracy placed between the more repressive and dangerous countries of Nicaragua and Panama. Like the only light in the tunnel, it thrived. Now, Costa Rica is about the size of West Virginia, and it sits squarely north of the country of Panama in the skinny part of Central America, if you look on a globe. The country was built around seven volcanoes. Amazing. This place had almost all climates in one small country, hot and tropical sea level and cold and frigid and snowy as you ascended the mountains or hills, especially the ones surrounding the volcanoes. So the plan was to come from our university here in the Midwest and go to Costa Rica to finish up our university studies for the next few months. And so there, I think there was about 11 of us, uh, and so we had our peers come with us down there. We weren't all together. We were placed all over the cities uh, with host families. Anyway... I guess we were all on some kind of adventure of sorts. And that's not a bad thing necessarily. For us, it was a cultural distance learning opportunity created with the cooperation of our university back in the Midwest, as I said. As an undergrad, we would finish up our degrees down there and then come back for graduation. And we would do all this within the culturally rich country of Costa Rica. So we're back in the restaurant in the Costa Rican city of Tibas. There we sat, in a new diverse country, not America, new smells, new customs, new food, and I knew I had to be careful not to offend anyone. Manners and gratitude for these once-in-a-lifetime opportunities were essential, especially that first night. For me, after three years of high school Spanish, I soon realized that my speaking skills in Espanol did not come as easily as I thought they would. Now, as I was spoken to... Hello, 
running through my head constantly were all these Spanish verbs I'd memorized and nouns, and and uh, they all raced through my mind as I tried to communicate and conjugate. And I was just pretty busy butchering the language, their language, so badly the elders, who were quite serious, could not help but hide their smiles as in vain I tried to say, Well, this food looks excellent. Esta comida se ve excelente. Struggling, I actually said, Esta comedia huele. Translation, this comedy smells. That time, the elders could not help but laugh out loud. At that time, Tia Bonnie, Aunt Bonnie, introduced herself. Please read greetings. I am Aunt Bonnie. I can help you both communicate tonight. Ask me questions if you need. Uh, okay? Bueno. I was so glad she had spoken up. She became invaluable that night. Tia Bonnie helped us translate our mangled <laughs> Costa Rican Spanish. She carefully corrected me. No, 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 Paul. Esta comida se ve excelente. Oh, okay. I said, Lo siento. I'm sorry, I said. Now, I have to admit that when the menu was handed to me, I had not realized yet that we were in a Chinese restaurant. Everything was foreign there. I, I, I didn't know. I, I really was not paying close enough attention. Everything just looked new and extremely foreign to me. So as I searched in vain for on that menu for tacos or burritos or something on that menu, I wasn't seeing it. Eh, I'm in a Chinese restaurant. Mario recommended something. Paul, come este Suizo pollo agridulce. I saw the photo of it on the menu, and it was sweet and sour chicken with Swiss cheese. Hmm. It looked familiar, I thought. Chicken, breading, beans, safe. Okay. Many other menu items, I, I have to tell you this, many other the items showed photos of fish being served on a plate with the head still on, the bulging eyes with the head still attached, but all cooked up. Whoa. Wow. I wasn't used to that. Maybe I should be, but I wasn't. Uh, now, the excessive heat in this restaurant, I, I can't i can't underscore this enough that it was hot and we're dressed in, you know, it's not dress clothes, but we're dressed in decent clothes and it's just hot. You know, you've got the light bulb up there. There's no air circulation. The humidity and the visual fish heads made me queasy just for a moment. I can most certainly say at that time in my life, I had not developed any kind of fondness for fish or seafood. Nope. In my occasional experiences with fish prior to this, as a child, gave me that, you know, that, um, the gag, the gag reflex, you know, the, who? <laughs> Pretty embarrassing if it happened. However, soon in front of us, a beer was placed right in front of Reed and me. However, that beer was warm. Almost hot but it was warm beer. Fish heads plus the smell of fish plus warm beer equaled an uncomfortable me. I was just out of my food element. It was then I realized how inexperienced I was in understanding other cultures. But I had to try. That's why I was there. And at that time, cold beer was a favorite. But my young, inexperienced, immature palate had not yet developed a taste for such things as warm beer. It was just not in place yet for me at that age. So a couple of sips of warm beer, whoa, my stomach told me it wasn't a fan of the warm beer. 
But the reality came when the entire four long tables of people came to a silence. All heads turned and looked at Reed and me. With a royal-like distinction, the waitress carefully placed in front of us each a traditional Costa Rican fish cocktail served cold in a tall ice cream sundae-like glass. The sauce? Ketchup from a bottle. Now, this fish was raw fish. Raw, raw fish, frigid and icy cold. Besides seeing the huge chunks of congrijo, and that's the official fish of Costa Rica, at least that's what they told us, the pungent fish smell of the restaurant was now even more pronounced. Among the huge chunks of raw fish, I spied plenty of fish juice. I don't know what else to call it, but fish juice. Okay, fish juice in uh, the fish. Probalo tradicional Costa Rica sense. Try the traditional Costa Rican, said the head honcho, Abuelo, at the end of the table. As he said that, the entire four tables of Costa Ricans stopped their conversation and put down their warm beers, and they leaned in to watch Reed and me take our first bites of traditional Costa Rican fish cocktail. The smell, fishy smell. What is that fish smell? It was then, from the opposite end of the table that the family patriarch spoke once more. Abuelo spoke. Come esto y sabros y verdados. Costa Rica Eat this and you will become Costa Ricans. So I made that mental note. A deal with myself. If I could slide the large chunks of congrio fish past the taste buds portion of my tongue, you know, force it to the back of your mouth, I might be able to trick my brain into believing that this might be steak. You idiot. (laughs) Steak, yeah. Cold, slithery steak. Yeah, Yeah, that's what I'll do, I thought. (laughs) As the extended family, they all watched, they all looked at us. I began to wonder that maybe this was a prank. Maybe this fish was really bad. Maybe it was a trick of some kind. Nah, I ruled that out right away. I knew that these people were honest and they were heavily invested in the Americans that were sitting at the end of the table and they were trying to show us the best they had to offer. This is what was happening. So I looked across the table at my roommate Reed and he began his fish cocktail by picking up the frigid cocktail sundae glass and just smelling it. Te gusta nuestro pescadado, Reed? Do you like fish, Reed? No, no. Reed said, uh, not a raw fish fan. I'll try uh, I'll try a bite. I watched as Reed took a bite, a small bite, and he immediately shook his head no. Malo. I heard and I sensed the disappointment from the extended family. Things were said in Costa Rica that I did not understand back then. I may not have known what they were saying, but I did sense the disappointment in their voices. As for Reed, I don't recall if it was the smell of the fish or the obvious slithery rawness. I guess that this was just his first introduction, like mine, I guess, into raw, uncooked fish. Or he just did not care for fish. Now, I knew for me, my issue 
was, well, there are a lot of issues, but that night my issue was I did not care for fish at all. And I had tried it back in the good old USA, and quite honestly, it triggered my gag reflex. That embarrassing response from a child, you know. I, I could not let that be me in this Chinese restaurant in Costa Rica that night. I knew that might happen again, so the mental pressure was on. All eyes gazed at me. I looked at the fish cocktail, I took my fork and I went for it. I took a heaping forkful of fish cocktail and the liquidy fish chunk slid into my mouth and it was forced past my taste buds, as I said, and onto my throat. Asked Tia Bonnie. Now, I'm going to try and save you a lengthy, detailed description of that thick, raw, meaty fish in its own juice experience. <laughs> but bite after bite, I slipped past my tongue and I choked down and I finished, finally, that fish cocktail. You know, I, I had the fish cocktail sweats at that point where I'm just like, it, uh, it's like the meat sweats. I had the fish cocktail sweats. It was just like an effort, a mental effort. Anyway, when I was done, what did I do? Well, I could finish that off with a swig of very warm beer, a swig. I was sweating heavily, as I said. I finished. I controlled my nausea, but it was there. I looked up from my completed fish cocktail, and I managed to smile. It was then a hearty applause erupted from the table. My accomplishment was noted. However, I envied Reed, and to this day I still envy Reed. And why? He actually had been the smarter of both of us by turning down the raw fish cocktail. He thought with his head and not his guilt. When I knew my litmus test was over, my initiation was complete. As my normal stomach very slowly began to return to normal, it happened. In front of me was placed a second fish cocktail. Another one, another fish cocktail. Courtesy of the elder abuelo at the end of the table. I looked down the table and he looked at me and he smiled slightly. Mas pagato para ti. More fish for you. Comer. Eat. Felicidades. Congratulations. My response? No mas. Por favor, no mas. I groaned. Listen, you're wonderful people, but I just can't eat any more of this raw fish. So what's our conclusion? What's our takeaway? What did we learn today? What did I learn? Well, this is going to seem strange, but this is probably one of the most difficult learning curves I ever had to tackle. Not because of the gag reflex, but it was just a challenge. It's like being judged in front of a lot of people and, and, and something new is happening and, and, and you should be able to tackle that. But I struggled. Well, a year after I got back home to the USA after Costa Rica. One day it happened. I began to have a craving for fish. <laughs> for the first time in my life. Ah, cooked fish though, not raw fish. 
at that time. And I sought it out. The Costa Rican conejo raw fish had embedded itself into my subconscious, I guess, so deeply that I became a consumer of fish. But you know, as I think of it in life, that was the same as many other childhood disliked foods in which I had some sort of a gag reflex. I didn't have it often, but occasionally. Things like early on, I disliked onions. Love them now. Lima beans, asparagus. Love them now. But I tried them. I didn't care for them back then. But much later, maybe a year, maybe 10 years, I had a craving for them. Loving onions these days. <laughs> so life is about taking chances, trying new things, having fun, making mistakes, learning from it, exploring new cultures. Life is about eating raw Costa Rican fish cocktail. Muy sabroso. Very tasty. Mas pescado para ti. More fish for you. <laughs> for Life's Learning Curve, I'm Paul Hart. Subscribe to Life's Learning Curve at lifeslearningcurve.org and leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Podchaser. For another more diverse Costa Rican adventure for Reed and me, give a listen to the episode, A Town With No Name. It was one of our most listened to episodes of all time here at Life's Learning Curve. Proud of it. Episode 75 of Life's Learning Curve podcast was put together by Sebastian T. Dog and Paul Hart. As we reach the end of Season 4, we're grateful to our listeners, and we've continued to move forward thanks to the great responses we get from you. Just around the corner next month, we'll hit the ground running with the start of something big, Season 5 of Life's Learning Curve. Until then, we're still storytelling, finding the best us. I'm Paul Hart, and we will be back soon with more from the podcast called Life's Learning Curve.